Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. All right, lads, we're here. How are you? Alex, first, how are you? Wonderful. How are you? I'm fine. Labor Day, excited for school. Yes. Daniel, how are you, Mr. Your first Labor Day, not as a student? It's weird because I'm still at school. I'm still same school we're all been at. I've been thriving, you know, in person. Remember when that happened and online. So it's weird. So I, I share with you guys that it's it's a weird thing. It's like a weird excitement for the year in a way. Yeah. It's you. What does it feel normal that you're like an adult, but it's like Labor Day? It's like, well, I should be like just rocking back and forth, like, oh, do I have my school supplies? And instead, it's like, oh, it's just, it's just a holiday for me. In a way, it's kind of like how I approach it, even with my previous job. Every day is just story day. That's uh, so. That's I still weird. feel like I'm still in school, right? Fair <laughs> enough. Yeah. Let's keep those deadlines and such. All right, guys. Well, hockey's going on. We're just counting down the training games and whatnot. But the big news, really, is the newest bit of big news in the world of hockey, and that is uh, Christian Dvorak is now a Montreal Canadian. Yes, Barry Kakinemi is officially a Carolina Hurricane. Uh, the Habs did not match the offer sheet. They get Carolina's first and third in this year's draft in Montreal. Uh, one of those picks, I should say, might be going to Arizona for the Dvorak deal. There are some conditions in there. Basically, it's a first and a conditional second going the other way. Uh, it's a whole hoob lot, guys. But I guess first off, your immediate reaction, the reports starting to come out were you know, leaning towards Jesperi being gone, but there it is. Uh, another first round pick of the Habs, just a swing and a miss. Uh, yeah. So for me, at least it, it doesn't come as a surprise, as much as a surprise as I guess it seemed like the general consensus was. I, it just felt like at 6.1 and then moving forward, it, it's just a high cap hit to deal with and considering the other contracts that need to be doled out and imp- and essentially improving the team. Adding Christian Dvorak at four and a half million dollars for the next four years, I think it's about four years, just seemed like a better move now and even a few years down the line from now. Mm-hmm. Especially if the relationship between Kotkaniemi and the coaching staff wasn't as wasn't spectacular. Feels like it. Uh, feels like it maybe wasn't the trust. Uh, was not there, Daniel. No, not at all. And the way the way I see things now is when we talk about term, we talk about team control. These are things that I I knew was going to happen in terms of weaponizing the offer sheet. But I, it was weird. It's I never thought it would be someone like Carolina or yes, Perry Kokinemi. To be honest, like we talked about Vancouver this whole year, and we don't know what's going to happen up until it's training camp, but. It, it, I think this this was the most necessary thing and the best thing that Mark Bergevin could have done in this situation 
we always talk about Christian Dvorak. I know the knock on him is that he's never hit 40 points, but again, like who has he been playing with? What kind of organization the Coyotes have, have kind of been? And I think he can kind of thrive in what Montreal needs right now with Kokinyemi that's 6.1. That that's a hard pill to swallow, I think. And even now I, I, I knew this was going to happen. I knew that Montreal had to move on. I don't think, Necessarily, it is a waste of a pick. I, I don't see it that way. I see it as they tried their best, and it doesn't always work out when you go off the board. But Christian Dvorak's only 25. He could still fill that gap and be be someone that can move up the lineup. Yeah. It's interesting with him is is apparently one of his best line mates were, was Connor Garland. And if you think about some of the guys around Arizona, really the highlights, yeah, there's Clayton Keller, there's Phil Castle, there's Connor Garland. Uh, it, it seems to be very much that uh, Dvorak is a guy that can be elevated with his wingers. And the, the big talking point has been like wingers that can carry the puck. And if you think about it, I think there are a lot, I think a big strength in Montreal is just like the amount of talented wingers they have. And I think a lot of people are drawing the line between him and playing with Jonathan Druin. And if you think maybe a guy who similarly plays that sort of physical side of the Garland, uh, a teammate apparently in London, I found out in Dvorak to his media availability about an hour and a half ago, Josh Anderson. That could be a pretty nifty line. You keep Toffoli away, like up on the top line with the Suzuki and Caulfield. And then you just got Gallier and Hoffman rocking the third line. You're like, oh, this is not bad. So it's top nine. Yeah, that's a solid top nine. I mean, you, I mean, the question really is, though, like the third line center. But again, like Gallagher, I think, you know, that's that's um, not a bad third liner to have in this league. I think, you know, a big question looking at Montreal, too, and we'll talk about Carolina in a second here, is like how important Ryan Paling might actually be this year and like to see if he finally gets that NHL spot because he's another one of those. Like, I think at this point you can say like the best he'll be is a third line center and a solid one at that. Like his development took the right step last season in Laval, right? And he's a bigger guy. They take a little longer to go, and he's got some injury problems. But uh, they're a fascinating team, Montreal. They um, they seem to always be. And the, uh, there seems to be word, by the way, that Bergevin may be extended. Like, we, we know the deal's on the table, but it might be a three-year looking, like, announced at the beginning of the season. I don't know about that. I'm looking back here, and I think, like, the bigger point to talk about here with Montreal is, yeah, they kind of put themselves in position to be offersheeted. As much as Don Waddell can say it wasn't personal, I mean, it was. Like, I, hey there, it wasn't personal, but I'm going to mirror the statement made by Mark Bergevin last year. And, you know, the reports all pointed to Tom Dundon being the big guy. But if you look at Montreal, and we can just, you know, guys like LeBanc, we look at Sergeyev, what happened with him. Much different, like good player, but they got rid of him. You think to Noah Juleson, a rough situation there. Nikita Sherback, think of Michael McCarron. Um, and now Jesperi Kokkinen. It seems to be like another example of Montreal mishandling their first round picks. It feels like the only one really left standing that can seems to have been a diamond in the rough is Cole Caulfield. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a weird situation because – a lot of the time it's actually the opposite, right? A lot of teams it's automatic. You hit on your first round picks because that's the expectation. Yeah. And then with Montreal, it seems to be maybe the other way around or the guys they go out and get in free agency seem to, to help. I mean, look at Ben Chirot. I'm say what you want about Ben Chirot. 
I mean, he's not fantastic, but he's doing his job. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see what Mike Hoffman is like, but Tyler Toffoli or Josh Anderson. And I mean, the list can go on Jake Allen. These are guys that Bergevin has brought in and it's worked out. It's just, there's this weird thing that happens. And I don't know if it's a big market thing. Cause I think the same thing happens in Toronto where it's just flip flops back and forth between is he doing a good job or is he doing a bad job? And after caught Kenyemi, there was just this weird perception that he hadn't done a good job, but it's like, okay, well, would you have matched the offer sheet at 6.1? Like I, personally, I wouldn't have, I would have gone the route that Bergevin went and brought in Christian Dvorak or whoever else. Like I think Friedman brought up, they might've called on Kuznetsov or uh, Thomas Hurdle, but I mean, either way, Christian Dvorak is a great second line center to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like you think about it also. Like Montreal have had like you think Lekkonen's a second rounder, Gallagher famously is a late round pick, Evans is a seventh rounder. They're better, it seems to be in rounds two through seven than they are in the first. And what's funny is you look at some of the guys they've acquired, they're better at just trading for former first overall picks than they are at actually developing. And it's so frustrating when you realize. Whichever one of these first round picks end up going to Arizona is the first first rounder that Bergman's ever traded. And at some point you're like, man, you would have probably just been better off in the long term trading these picks because you just it can't seem to develop. And it's you know what? Yeah, it was they did. Bergman's the master of cleaning up his own mess, I think. Like you look at how how like the sort of retool has gone for Montreal, and then you look at like listen they they clearly cheaped Alan Cockney and trying to get this bridge done, fall into the offer sheet stuff, but then you know they can find a pretty suitable replacement, and I mean who cares about a, a second round pick three years from now, that is three years from now's problem. Don't right. care. He might not even no. be here. Yeah, no, he yeah, no, he'll probably be gone by then. I mean, yeah, I don't want to say hopefully, but at this point, like, is there a more controversial GM in the league than Mark Bergman? Like, say what you want about Kyle Dubis, his 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 signings. Mark Bergevin in the past few months gambled on losing Gary Price and drafted Logan May. And yeah, let's go to no go for half a million more than he was willing to go. I mean, this guy is um active GMs. Is that, yeah, active DM. Yeah, active DM. I mean, yeah, we're getting that. we're getting to. Uh, I mean, I I'd say Jim Benning is highly up there. Yeah, um, his move. Yeah, maybe just, not. Maybe yeah. not with the contract. I the, mean, I mean, he did a bit of cleanup this summer. He didn't handle Vertanen very well, though. No, hasn't done that. At I all. mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I guess he cleaned up the mess for now, which will be an issue in like three years other people's problem you know what whenever oel becomes uh, when oel goes down down that's when this it becomes an issue what, what jim benning did is he was told to clean up and he put the garbage under his bed right <laughs> he, <laughs> exactly classic thing that's, put, yeah. yeah you know what reminds me about the first round picks and like never hitting on them but you're really good in the later rounds uh, who? steve eiserman had that reputation for a while in tampa bay Really? Yeah, because like he didn't draft Stamkos, but every other pick after that, like all of the guys that we think of right now, Iserman drafted them, but none of them were first round picks. Like, like Kucherov, he was a second round pick. Like yeah. Braden Point was a third round pick. Andre Palat was a seventh round pick. And then the guys he took in the first round were like Brett Conley and Vladislav Nemestikov. 
And, he, and I, I had Jonathan Druin. And he flipped. And, and oh yeah, but look at the players he flipped those guys for. Yeah. Pretty yeah. sure the Mexikov was part of the deal that brought in Miller and McDonough. Yeah. And then obviously Sergachev was pretty all right. Pretty good. Um, <laughs> lovely stuff, isn't it? Lovely, lovely what stuff. What I've heard. Mm-hmm. Looking by the by, you know, the what's really I like about Dvorak, by the way, is you've already seen guys like Jacob Chicker and Jason Demers. Seems to be just a really light guy. I feel really bad that the guy just closed on the house. I mean, you know, he'll still live there in like probably the off season. And people, Arizona seems like it's a nice place to live, just not a great place to play. Yeah. You got to feel for him there. Um, but yeah, you know what? I, I was looking at some old tape of Montreal's power play, right? And, you know, Dvorak is very famously very good in the bumper position. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I think I complained about it a few times. There was that weird sort of like power play setup where it was they almost had two net front guys. And they would have like Perry and Gallagher both like collapse to the net. It never really worked. And they took like one of them out to play. And then they almost had, didn't have a bumper sort of trigger guy. I think Dvorak's really going to help there. Not to mention, it's just like anything to try and help this power play at this point. Him, Hoffman, I, I don't care. Make it work. Yeah, I think they added the special teams seem to be, well, not the PK, the power play seemed to be an issue over the last season and i Mm -hmm. think they brought in when they brought in mike hoffman that was pure like from what we've we all know and we've talked about on the show before he is pretty good on the power play okay everywhere else but if you want to improve your power play there's another guy and just bringing in another guy christian dvorak who can do the same thing just in a different area of the power play what can go wrong yeah and you can, and guess what? He kills penalties too. Great face-off guy. You have a little bit to help replace Snow. You maybe try and you know uh, boost the offense that Kalkinemi would have provided if his development had continued. Again, like I know people were saying, like do it for Thomas Hurdle. Like guys, I think the Sharks are going to get rid of their best centerman, like their best forward. No. Like like unless you have like an extension in place, you're not doing that deal. You're not doing it, um, and you know I'm pretty sure if you're you're um, you're hurdle right now, you'd rather see the open market because you can get a stupid amount of money. You know I said in my video uh, you, the other you need a dance partner to make it work. So we'll see. Uh, looking at Carolina, they've stayed because of their center depth, A.E. Trocheck, Aho, Jordan Stahl. That's all right, isn't it? Uh, that Kakiemi will start on the wing. Not that it was a meme. It was a meme, but it's probably the right decision. Give him some stability. Put him on any one of those wingers. Could be I him. I think probably like putting him with Jordan Stahl. I don't think would be the worst option. I like that one. D- like, Daily Faceoff has him next to Jordan Stahl. Really? Because like if there's like if there's a guy you want to learn the like defensive side of the game and like especially the faceoffs from which we all know like the, the issues of young players and faceoffs. A uh, few better guys to learn from than Jordan Stahl. Yeah, like. Say what you want about the cap hit, and maybe we'll have we can have that discussion about the offer sheet itself. Mm-hmm. But I, I really like Kotkinyemi anywhere on this lineup. Like it, it's just tough for me to imagine them putting him in the top six right away because they're that first line. I mean, you're not really touching right Sveshnikov, mm-hmm. Aho, Teravainen. I just can't see them moving that around. I can see him going in the top six if let's say Nino Niederreiter does maybe fall off a bit. Yeah. Um, 
but with Jordan Stahl, like either way, wherever you're putting him, I think he's going to succeed. Like this is a very good team, the same way he could succeed in Montreal if he played on the wing. Mm-hmm. He just needs to play his game. I think that the pressure is not there anymore of that big market. There's not that understanding of, okay, we took you third to be a center. Now go out and play. I think at this point, he just needs to focus on playing hockey at this point. So, and again, like I forgot, he's still just 20 right now. I think he's 21. But because I think when it's his birthday, because I was on couldn't Daily tell you, couldn't tell oh, okay. you. He was ranked as he was 20 when I just checked it today. Okay, well, then you're probably right. I swore he was 21. Anyway, he's 2021. 20, he's extremely young. Yeah. Development. It's a it's a thing. Yeah, well, it's 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 interesting that you think about playing his game because Bergevin was quite critical about talking about, do you know what? Um, the guy needs to stick to playing his game. And when he goes around like off of it, he starts to kind of lose himself. It's just that consistency you gotta learn, right? Like the big thing with him with Kakiemi right now is he just needs to get reps in as a player. He just needs to get the experience. And I think you can say, yeah, that that Montreal did mishandle him like listen let's let's be honest oh no sorry you know well we talked enough about this carolina 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 um one thing i did want to mention what helps with the six million dollar cap hit is uh jake gardner is getting surgery he'll be out for the season apparently which is so unfortunate the guy the injuries that guy has been getting lately is uh terrible 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 um so that will help them in the one year and then we'll see how quickly in january he gets an extension document yeah. And if it's around $4 million for some term, then we knew, okay, well, then I guess that was in place. Right. And it's a Kevin LeBanc situation. I feel bad for Jake Gardner, though. Yeah. I, bet, I think I have a few, just to get personal guess here, but I wonder if this has to do, if this is the same injury that was bugging him the his last year in Toronto, where he missed part of the, like, the end of the season and then came back. This is back, right? It was a back injury, and this was yeah. also a back injury. So I just I have a feeling it's it's been bugging him then, which is unfortunate. Like back injuries mm-hmm. are such a pain. Hey, hey Daniel, mm-hmm. Daniel, I'm just I'm looking at I'm looking at cap friendly. Yeah, this his birthday is July 6, twenty twenty. Okay, two thousand two thousand, and it shows he's, he's twenty one. Okay, twenty one. Okay, okay. The site you looked at was lying to you, and we should they were lying. Who yes. was it again? What site was it? I think it's Cat Friendly. <laughs> Daniel, what's wrong? We're looking at Daniel. Okay, different, different ones. Okay. My mistake. Don't worry. No, that's Cat Friendly's fault. Speaking of Cat Friendly, actually, congratulations to Dominic Zium. I know I'm probably saying that wrong, but uh, the or one of the, I think it's he's the founder or one of the key founders of Cat Friendly, has just been hired into the NHL. Um, Cat Friendly put this big statement out. Uh, luckily, it, it sounds like Cat Friendly is staying afloat. We, famously, when General Fanager uh, shut down, that site was just gone. Uh, we all know what happened to Cap Geek. I did have a slight heart attack where I'm like, oh, no. Oh no! <laughs> what am Please. I supposed? What am I supposed to do in class for three? Hours? I know. Every lecture you went to in one of our classes, if you just went to the back row, because yeah. most most of the lecture halls like are on a downwards thing on the seating. If you just looked into the plane, every lecture you will see at least one person on cap front. It was amazing. Or there was a hockey game on because yeah, yes. that that one yes. class it was. Um, class was it it was the documentary survey class i daniel i don't think you were there it was no. I think gary gold one yeah yeah, yeah. 
that absolutely no one actually, you know, by the way, he's getting hired in Chicago. The one that abs- <laughs> everyone absolutely always paid attention to. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I never had to tweet an Alex during class. I pay attention to the movie. World. <laughs> <laughs> was this the uh, evening class? Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was okay. I remember when I was heading home, you're like, oh, we're heading to lecture. Six to eight, I think it was. That was, remember, that was a class we've talked about before where Alex would like, he, he came early that class once because he's like, hey, so what happened to the trade deadline? Because he had an exam like in the morning or something. Yeah, and it, I, yeah. Yeah, and I had like a midterm, like four to six in that slot. So it was just, I was awful. It was absolutely awful. Or it was like three to it, five. In night. the morning, I had an interview for my that feature class. Then, it was me, that was us. Then I, I, had, I, I had a midterm um the afternoon from like one to four and then i or whatever and then the class from six to nine or whatever whenever the class was brutal it was a three hour whenever it was it was way too late it was monday right yeah yeah it was was it a monday not a great way whenever it was it was off (laughs) it was yeah exactly And like Gary knew, like Gary, like, and the thing with Gary Gould, he's a great professor, but it's like, he will keep you for the three hour thing, not to be, to be rude, but his thing is like, you're paying for, for school, school's expensive, so he'll keep you. But then he realized it's like, I'm keeping these guys, I have to keep them this late on a Monday night to start the week. And we have to do a quiz to answer like for this, these freaking movies. And some of them were like, so old, they weren't even in color. Like he was in an unwindable situation, which we obviously all did individually. Okay, and we'll we'll move on from there, shall we? Okay, yeah. um, we're just talking about school with this coming up again. Yeah, yeah, year four. Can't wait to uh, can't wait to go. But yeah, congratulations to Dominic with uh, Chicago, and uh, thank you for making Short Cat Friendly is still running itself because I I I don't know what we would do without it. Genuinely, yeah, same here. It would be brutal. It'd be brutal. <laughs> Okay, looking now, the Coyotes, they're doing some stuff. Uh, they have officially put in a bid. Okay, is it Tempe or Tempe? I just real. I was listening back to your episode with Will, and I, it turns out I've been pronouncing this place in Arizona completely wrong. I think it's Tempe. Okay, well, anyway, uh, they put in an arena bid there, have the Coyotes in an attempt to stay in Arizona. The attempt, sorry. Temp. They, I, they're only going to be there temporary because there's <laughs> a temp for the tempe. So that's the, there you go. I thought mine was good, Daniel. Okay, sorry. I'm thinking. Sorry, I, I'm 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 jumping yeah. ahead for for uh, episode uh, ideas, episode title uh, ideas. Temporary living situation. Uh, uh, no, there's something there. We'll there's something it. there. Yeah. Uh, then yeah, take a note about that. That will be our future episodes. But yeah, um, Merlot Group, uh, they are really trying to stay in Arizona for now. Oh, Safe face. Do you guys ever watch Arrested Development? A hundred percent. No. Okay. You know when um, Tobias decides to become a an actor. An actor. Yes. And he miss he he doesn't read the script properly. Where it's a commercial where they're having a fire sale for like a yeah. like <laughs> yeah. You gotta take and he thinks that they're reacting to a fire going on. And then I remember someone. I, I have to find it. It's like a meme of all the players that Arizona has traded this off season, and it's Tobias going, "Oh my gosh, we're having a fire, fire. sale." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just I, think of this with every time in Arizona, like. 
who are you gonna go there to? I mean, you have Clayton Keller and then Neil Armstrong Tesla. started the fire. <laughs> da, 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 da. Like Bill uh, Armstrong looks like looks like a genius. So you mentioned that because uh, listen, we talked a lot about the Arizona Coyotes and their sort of arena situation or lack thereof last episode. This is gonna be a nice little transition after the Dvorak deal. The Arizona Coyotes uh, have three first round picks this upcoming draft five seconds in 2024 they have three seconds and next year they still have a first a second and a third they have a total in the first three rounds of the next three drafts one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen eighteen picks quick math probably wrong there um that is a stupid amount of draft capital and Bill Armstrong, like, like, take a bow. Here's what the Coyotes roster looks like. Their goalies are Carter Hutton. When did that happen? Carter Hutton and Yoel Coronar. I know I'm saying that wrong. That's the guy they got from um, San Jose. Their defense is Anton Stroman, uh, Jacob Chickering, poor guy, um, Shane Gostisbehere, Ilya Labushkin, Connor Timmins, and Kyle Kopbianco. Oof. Um, the name, by the way. It's a great name. He's a local boy, right? Like he's from Vaughn. Okay, wait, hold on. Is he okay? He's from Mississauga, Ontario. Okay, sorry. I was about to say Vaughn is in Canada, friend. You, you we live near Vaughn, the three of us. Yes. Um, not is there a Vaughn, Arizona? No. No. Oh, oh. I meant Ontario. Ontario, sorry. Yeah, I should have uh <laughs> clarified. <laughs> local guy from uh Eric Stahl from Thunder Bay, local area of Arizona. Is local area. <laughs> um, anyway, though, uh, their forwards, Travis Boyd, Liam O'Brien. I don't think that's a real person. Christian Fisher, Ryan Dezingo, Johan Larson, Lawson Krauss, Jay Beagle, Anton Roussel, Dimitri Yaskin is still around. Wow. Andrew Ladd, Nick Schmaltz, Phil Kessel, attaboy, uh, and Clayton Keller. And don't forget, you're missing one important name. Uh, who am I forgetting? Louis Erickson. Oh, yeah. Okay. How did I miss Louis Erickson? Wow, what a shame. E- either way, like, I bet they get assets for at least a couple of these guys at the trade deadline. Oh, Phil can get you first. Uh, I, even like Ryan Dezingle. Yeah. Which, okay, okay. Back to it, Ottawa. Listen, the ultimate I, I, top <laughs> nine guy. You know what I'm talking about? Like, he's the guy where it's like, it will work in the top nine. Yeah, I'm going... Sorry, go ahead. No, no, he's just a classic example of that. I'm going really bold here. Like, really bold. But I can just imagine a scenario where there's a team who wants Louis Erickson, but they do the the, um, cap retention twice to get him. He just has a great year. Yeah, like, I just... There's no one else on this team who can have a great year. Like, Clayton Keller, Phil Kessel, Nick Schmaltz. The Louis Erickson is a deity Twitter account goes off. Like, I told you. you What's their cap hit right now? Um, Their projected cap hit is 69, nice, 1500000 And some spare change. What's the cap floor? um, The cap floor, I don't know. It's around $50 They have... They just have... They have just under $12 in cap space still. Okay. Which is hilarious. In fact, what's really funny is they only have three forwards who are locked under contract after this year, that being Ladd, Schmaltz, and Keller. And defense, uh, it's three guys, Timmins, Gosses, Bear, and Chikrin. Chikrin making $4.6 million, by the way. Oh, 
Steel. And, and their goalies are built up after this year as well. Oh, uh, that's hilarious. So Shane Wright and Connor Bedard are both going to be on this team, right? And it's going to be such a shame for them. I just realized they retained a million dollars in Darcy Camper, apparently. Yeah. Cool. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Nice. Good job. The, the roster is awful, but they want it to be. I just hope they don't go the route of Buffalo where it's just they never recover and then don't make the playoffs for how long has it been since Buffalo last made it? 2011. So so 10 years. Holy. Yeah. Oh. Like, I think they. I wouldn't be surprised, like, just looking at some of the names on the roster. Yeah, they're older guys, but I can see them re signing them for cheap deals just mm-hmm. to not for the sake of having them, but for the sake of trying to create something. Like, the thing with Buffalo was that they literally, literally stripped that thing down to the to the bones and had nothing there to rebuild it except Jack Eichel and now Rasmus Dahlin. Like they, they just already had to begin with a horrible culture. But I think that, oh man, like it's just that, I think it has more to do with the outside of hockey, the things going on outside of hockey. And Arizona is still dealing with those things outside of hockey. Yeah. That's again, the, I think that's the biggest issue for me. Yeah. And like for me, what I feel is that with Buffalo, and we've talked about it before, is just they've they've been really bad, but they still have fans going. They still have people doing those call-in shows and complaining about their teams, right? I don't yeah. hear those examples with Arizona where we've mentioned before where they're that type of franchise that they have to perform to get people in the seats. And the approach they're taking now is either this is going to work really well moving forward and you're going to have to be able to compel people to stay here long-term, or this is just another example of this is why they're relocating. I don't know exactly what their scouting situation is like there, but it wasn't that long ago when there was the Coyotes or this up and coming team with all these young players and they've just traded away most of those young players. <laughs> it's like Dvorak was the future. At least I have now. Thank you. Appreciate it. Poor Chickering. I found out the other day. Do you guys know who Jacob Chickering's uncle is? Oh, man. I, I know it, but I don't. If Al I'm... McInnes? Luke no. Richardson. Yes. He's oh. been coach in Montreal. Yes, he was yes. sad that Devorah got traded. I'm just saying, if you want to, Jacob, our doors are open for you. Big fan of Jacob. Chick. Montreal probably has to take back like Louis Erickson or something. No, no. I, well, I think no, no, Montreal, they want the dead money. They want oh, they the want dead the dead money. money. Yeah, okay. remember? They, Montreal probably sends Paul Byron, and then I don't care what you give up, go get Jacob Chicker. Because he's good. He's exactly the player they need. Okay. Um, speaking of Montreal, one last thing we should probably mention with them, uh, the Logan Mayu situation continues to get worse and worse, a.k.a. Uh, he has been suspended indefinitely by the CHL. He can reapply to come back in uh, at the beginning of January. Uh, Mark Bergerman told the media today that apparently he'll remain with the London Knights entourage. I don't know if he specifically said entourage in French, but it was a translated quote. I don't know entourage in French, but you know what I mean. He's he's with that sort of group. Um, It's kind of funny, but disappointing at the same time that the CHL took more measures than both the NHL and the Montreal Canadiens. 
Yeah, it's not fantastic. It's not it's fantastic not a good look. from Montreal from Montreal's point of view. Like especially, you know what made it worse for Montreal is when people started talking. That's like when people in the organization had to answer for their 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 situation. When, when it, Trevor it just Timmons got worse. Had nothing to say. Well, yeah, when Trevor Timmons had nothing yeah. to say, when the the Habs released a statement five minutes after they made the pick, like it, it's just not a good look. Nope. It really isn't, and this just I think tacks on to it from from Montreal's perspective. Sorry, yeah, it's it's weird. It's like the the lower junior levels are saying that this is not right. And this is what we're going to do accordingly. And then it just, yeah, again, it just shows to like, okay, this is not how an NHL team should be dealing with this. And again, when we talk about the statements, we also have to mention the Molson statement, like in the middle of free agency. Yeah. Yes. Not even the middle of start of it. 30 minutes in. I'm really sad guys. I had one of my, I had my dog in with me in here. Just, you know, one less dog to bark. Like you heard the Rottweiler earlier. Um, and my mom just quietly opened the door and took my dog. So I'm really sad now. I'm really sad. Poor Carrie. Love her. Okay. Looking towards the rest of the hockey. Good news, guys. The NHL are going to the Olympics. Let's go. Yes. Woohoo. Now, if COVID messes everything up, but as it stands right now, they're going to Beijing, baby. And it's going to be so much fun. And this might be the dream team of, like, Canadian hockey history, honestly. Yeah, I can't, oh. I can't be more happy to be wrong about something. So before we get there, then, we're going to look at the athletics projections for some of the rosters for the international okay. teams. Uh, Does it did, also have Nazem Kadri and Philip Dano on it? I, it doesn't. It isn't even it isn't Jared Spurgeon. I'm like, cool. And I'll, I'll get into that because it seems to me everyone thinks they're going to bring seven offensive defensemen and have no balance because, you know what, systems don't matter to hockey Canada, idiot. No, no. Anyway, so this is a statement from Bill Daly, Deputy Commissioner. Gary Bettman didn't say anything because, you know, this statement speaks volumes. So I remember I sent this to Will Baldwin. A minute later, I saw his tweet about it. I'm like, okay. So this is from Bill Daly. Quote, we understand how passionately NHL players feel about representing and competing for their country. We are very pleased that we were able to conclude uh, arrangements that will allow them to resume best on best competition of the Olympics stage. Like talk about like, we're could you not have just as well put in there? We're happy for the fans. Like, no. Like it's just such a like okay we're great. It, it really feels like you had to drag that statement out of them. It's just you couldn't even even pretended to be happy about it. Like what a what an actual butthurt league they are. It's so disappointing. I, I don't. I I have a feeling they weren't expecting the <laughs> the, the IOS or the double IHF to to agree to their terms, and this kind of just came out of nowhere. And they're like, damn it. Now, okay, you got your insurance. How, like, how are we supposed to say? How are we supposed to say no when you're literally giving us what we wanted? Like, it's it couldn't be more clear to to someone on the outside that the NHL does not want to go to the Olympics. Like, mm -hmm. it couldn't be more clear. I think, like, sure, you can say, oh, you know, they released the schedule with the Olympic break, yeah, to make it look like they might go to the Olympics when we all know they do not want to go. It's, it's weird. Again, like what we've mentioned before, it's just 
it feels like they're all about the immediate gains and not really the overall influence of the game where again every other league does this you know what i mean like the world baseball classic the uh, olympics for basketball um you can name other ones and i think hockey is still in that situation it's like no you need this you need to expand like did you see what happened during covid in terms of revenue have you looked at the lists of what teams are making money and which ones are not this is a situation where you have to go I think Will said it perfectly last episode. The The NHL is interested in growing the league, not interested in growing the sport. That's the best quote that's ever come out of the show, by the way. I'm yeah. still struck yeah. by how good that was. Yeah, that was the best quote. Well, damn it, Will. How dare you? But, you know, it, it's just, it's it, it, it made me genuinely annoyed. Like, it really annoyed me saying that. And, you know, it just, just you just hate everything, Gary. You just really don't like us. Okay. So the athletic, they have released their Olympic, the Olympic staffs roster. And I have a real, by the way, cover picture, Carrie Price. I'll have to say it. Okay, Team Canada, the goalies, Price. Oh, do you want to share it or no? Oh, yeah, it's that's up right. It's up to you. Yeah, okay. Right. Or you could just go read it <clears throat> on the athletic. And support them. Exactly. We're good with that, but we can we can. No, we're giving them free content by streaming a... Uh... Okay, we're not going to do every, we're not going to do every team, okay? We're not going to yeah. be that cheeky about it. Okay, okay. We're gonna do the ones that matter. Okay, no, no Finland. Sorry. Um, no, no US. No US. You have a you have a vendetta against Finland right now oh, yeah. after what happened this Saturday. No, I just don't. I don't. No, it's just Finland. Okay. Okay. Uh, the goalies. This is ridiculous, by the way. Uh, Carey Price, pretty good. I'm a fan. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury, who I forget is a Chicago Blackhawk, and that <laughs> logo is not right. The third goalie is Jordan Bennington. They've projected. I don't like it. No. I don't like it at all. I think we all had Darcy Kemper. I had Carter Hart. Oh, yes, yes. I had Hart. like five goalies on mine. Yeah, Remember that? Daniel, I Daniel had uh, Mackenzie count. Blackwood there as well. <laughs> Daniel doesn't count. Carter Hart. <laughs> <laughs> the third goalie is basically just whoever else is playing well. Mike right. Smith. Exactly. He should come back. Stop. I mean, no, no. but. Absolutely I mean, not. It's funny if Mike Smith, if the Olympics had been last sort of winter when Smith was playing, well, he might have, he might have made it. Yeah, he shouldn't be, but um, the defense, I think they have this depth chart wise. So they have, which is, I'm going to question one of these decisions. Baumgartner won't be happy with me about. It. So first they have Makar, uh, then they have Petrangelo, Ekblad, then Dougie Hamilton. Uh, the left side, Chickering, Theodore Pellick, and Morgan Riley. No Shabbat. Yeah. And no Jared Spurgeon. I only see one defensive, one defenseman who can play defense there. And uh, okay, well, it's, yeah, Pelic. The others are good. Like, like here's so here's the argument I have. Right to me, the locks on this team are McCarr, Hamilton, and Petrangelo, because Petrangelo can do it all. Dougie can do yeah, it cool. all. McCarr is not the best defensively, but he's not awful. But he's so um, good offensively. Yeah, yeah. outweighs it. So those are the three locks. The two guys I have that aren't locks, but they're probably going to make it, are like Theodore and Ekblad. Yeah. So everyone else, the way I kind of have the Olympic thought in my head, right, is whatever that bottom pairing looks like is, like, Team Canada are not, they don't need scoring. We're going to get to the forwards. Like, I think they need to balance that with some actual defensive gusto. And that's why I'm kind of mad 
that they didn't put here Jared Spurgeon. Maybe I'm just super on it, but you have two offensive guys with Morgan Riley and Jacob Chickering, and whatever, have the debate. You throw Shabbat in there, any of those guys can make it. Flip a coin, who cares, right? Whoever of them is having the best year, it doesn't matter. But it's just like, okay, so you have Pelic. I like Pelic, but I don't know. I just don't like the disrespect to Jared Spurgeon. Maybe I'm just super dedicated to that that pick but it's just there just seemed to be like no respect and maybe it's because canada hate like having too many righties too many yeah but it's still it's like just go best player available at this point and yes that goes against my denial thing it was a meme shut up Mm -hmm. remember sorry i'm going back world cup of hockey i've mentioned this so many times remember alex petrangelo played on the left side for mike babcock to allow brent burns to play the right side Listen, he does like to do that sometimes, okay? Because he did play Ron Hainsey on the right for two years. So this is where it gets really silly. Okay. So the forwards. (laughs) Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon, and Connor McDavid. Oh, and by the way, there's Jonathan Huberto. Brad Marchand, Pat Bergeron, Mark Stone, Brayton Point, Matt Barzell, John Tavares, Ryan O'Reilly, Mitch Marner, Sean Couture, Mark Schneidlin. They don't have Bo Horvat on this team. They don't have Phil Deneau. Makes me sad, no Phil Deneau. Um, But my goodness, my absolute goodness. Like, like honestly, you, you think about that. The fourth highest scorer in the league and I want to say Tavares was second in goal two, three years ago yeah. in goals, are your fourth line. And the Conn Smythe winner from a few years ago as well is in your fourth line. The best defensive winger in the league is on yeah, your was, third line. <laughs> Use the right words there, Alec. You knew what I was going to do there. The yeah. best yeah. playoff performer of the past like two years, Braden Point is your third line center. Like, what am I looking at here? What McKinnon and Crosby, sorry, McKinnon and, and McDavid on the first line, too, is just like, how do you catch them? You don't exactly that's simple. That I think, like, forward wise, again, it doesn't matter. This team is so stacked, it's hilarious. Again, no Horvats there. I wonder if they have some of the other um names that are just sort of out there as, as um, oh, yeah, people mentioning the, the Hyman Kunit stuff. Uh, guys like Mackenzie Weger being out, Pulak, Devon Taves. Weger is another one. I've been looking a lot about Mackenzie Weger's advanced stats. Um, uh, that's a good player. Yeah, that's a very, very good player. Yes. Shall we look at the states? Yeah. Uh, before we go, I'd like the example they used of Adam Pellick, the next Mark Edward Vlasic. I love that one. This is true. Um, I say we look at the states and then. What other, we'll look at one more team after that. What do you guys, what do you guys, Russia, Latvia. whatever they're going to be called? Okay. Let's, I don't think Latvia is on the team, so we'll, we'll go Russia. <laughs> okay. The Americans, I took one look at this roster and I thought, okay, there's no way Canada should lose. No offense, but uh, the goalies, which is hilariously stacked, actually, they actually have my like better goalie depth in Canada. Hellebuck, Gibson, and Demko. Daniel feels very disrespected right yeah. now. Yeah. John Gibson should be first. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, the defense, Adam Fox, cool. McAvoy, cool. Carlson, uh, John, can't really defend. Jeff Petrie, can't really defend. That's fine. Unless um, he's an EA, then he can defend. Yeah. Then, he, then he's a defensive. I do like seeing Petrie, by the way, as, as one of the extra guys here. That makes me really, really happy. Um, McDonough, 
really good. Slavin, really, really good. Seth Jones, you're like, yeah, okay. He's on the left side. Oh my God. And then Quentin Hughes is there. I don't think you can really argue with that. It's not as good as Canada's, no, but it's still solid. I'm personally offended that Quinn Hughes isn't in the top six. Yeah, same here. But that's just me. Like, so let's like look at this. McDonough, I think, could make Canada. Like, I think he is almost like the left-handed Spurgeon in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Fox might not make Team Canada, but he should. McAvoy, I don't think, would make Team Canada. Uh, Slavin's kind of the same thing as McDonough, I'd say. Jones wouldn't make Team Canada. Carlson, Hughes, and Petrie might not make Team Canada. Or Hughes is of those four guys the closest to making it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like, agree. Jeff Petrie is like the right-handed version of Shabbat, Chickering, and Roy Riley. It's, it's hilarious. Is it unfair of me to say I'd rather have Quinn Hughes in the lineup than Seth Jones? No. No, no not at all. I'd, I'd, I'd agree to that one. Because I, I, I would do that like in a heartbeat. Imagine Hughes like not having to be the only guy that you put all the weight in the world on. Exactly. Uh, the forwards. The first line is projected to be Max Pacioretty, Austin Matthews, and Patrick Kane. That's all right. It's pretty balanced. It's pretty nasty. I mean, you know, Pacioretty. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you know, you won't score, but... <laughs> Well, I mean, he'll if score in the round English, robin games. It's a big body. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as he will. I, I like, like, first off, like, if you're, if, if Patrick takes a shot anytime Matthews is open, he gets benched. Yeah. Let's get that straight. Yeah, uh, the yeah. second line is is pretty all right. Uh, Jack Eichel with Alex DeBrincat and Matthew Kachuk. That's pretty nasty. DeBrincat and Eichel is a pretty nasty combo. I like that. The third line is kind of confusing to me. So Brady Kachuk, Kachuk is projected to be on here. JT Miller on the wing and Joe Bavelski, Captain Canada, is still going strong. I mean, Captain, Captain America. America. I said Captain Canada, didn't I? You did. Yeah, you did. That's a shame. Yeah, I was Captain about to say Captain USA. I'm like, wait, that doesn't sound right. No, no, no. Captain America. <laughs> Captain America. Whatever you want to call him. And then the fourth line is like, okay, Gensel's on your fourth line. Dylan Larkin's fine. And then Brian Rust. And then, and the extras are Nelson and Johnny Goudreau behind Brian Rust. I would, oh, my I'd way, flip I would. Pavelski and Larkin, to be honest. Man, forget them. Like, Goudreau's not in the main lineup. Yeah, that's, that's kind of, I, I don't know if I agree with that. Like, I, we, we can have our discussion about Johnny Goudreau. We've had it plenty of times before. But, like, he's, he's, he's better than Brian Rust. Can we talk about so it's like okay, so let, let's just let's talk here. Patrick will score in the Premier it will round robin. Yeah. Matthews will score until it's like a metal game. He's leaves the memes. Yeah. Kane will do stuff. Debrincat, he's all right. Okay. Eichel, I mean, you know, he hasn't played in the playoffs before. Actually, crap. If you look at this, um, the big wigs on the states. Hasn't had a deep playoff run. Patch Reddy's bad in the playoffs. Kane's a bit different, but he's older. DeBrincat hasn't had a deep run. Eichel hasn't made it. The Flames and Kachuk. I mean, uh, the other Kachuk's on the Flames. Pavelski's a bottom six player at this point. JT Miller. Okay, fair enough. I mean, their most experienced guys are like Gensel and Rust. That's not – and Goudreau, who's bad in, in high-pressure situation. John Carlson. Oh, no, on the wing, sorry. Yeah, but I mean – Pavelski's been to the finals twice. 
Feebly's and Biotic, yeah, fair enough, but like in the big case scenario, like I get Kane, but like I can see Sidney Crosby being the guy at, at any point in that tour, and I can see it with with uh, McDavid with McKinnon. I just I see the states as a very flawed roster, and where's Phil Kessel? I would have <laughs> Phil Kessel over Brian Rust. Hot Same take. Here, I don't yeah. know if that's a hot. I don't know if that's no, a that's hot not a hot take. take. I like that, that one. I love Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel is my guy. Um, I would. Um, just I mean, like Brock yeah. Nelson too. Like, where's Phil? I yeah. I would. So I make a couple changes to that lineup. Oh, I just really yeah. Brock Besser's not on this team. So on extra players, we debated the variety. So they chose not to put on. This makes a lot of sense all of a sudden. So they don't have Besser. They don't have Trocheck, whatever. He could probably be better, like in, in Pavelski, maybe. Wheeler, Kyle Connor. Oh, whoa. That's a huge one. Kyle um, Connor? They don't have. <laughs> For the physicality, that's why we leaned Larkin. Man, this is the World Cup of Hockey roster, basically, but instead it's Rust instead of Applicator. What am I looking at? They debated about Ryan Suter. Oh my gosh, Zach Rowenski's not on this team. I would definitely play. Um, I, I like both Kachuks being on this team. Like, I, I get Ottawa yeah. and all that. I just, man, I could see two really nasty lines if they, if they did this in this way. Maybe I'm thinking in terms of, um, EA like the GM mode, but I don't care. Like, imagine Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, Matthews, Demarinkat, and then Brady Kachuk, Jack Eichel, and Patrick Kane. Or if you want to piss off Sidney Crosby, you you go sign, you go see, you go find if if Dubinsky wants to come back from his ailing retirement. You put the Kajuks on his wings, and then you just swarm Sid with the biggest pests ever. And it would be hilarious. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I would just throw the checks together and let them do what they want. I would. Uh, that would be my first option, but clearly, I guess they don't want to do that. The Bash Brothers. This is a this is a, a questionable roster. Okay, we won't look at Sweden. Uh, we'll look at the Olympic. Sorry, the the Russian Olympic Committee. I thought they were the Olympic athletes, athletes from Russia. Russia. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. Maybe they changed so, it. So the big problem looking at Russia is you're going to be like, why is Anisimov the second line center? And you're like, oh no, Kuznetsov is suspended. Yeah, he can't play for Russia. Because of the cocaine or the, the white substance that appears to be yes. uh, So in net, uh, this is pretty impressive, you got to admit. Uh, Shesterkin, Varlamov, and oh my there, that's Andre Vasilevsky. <laughs> that's a problem. On defense... This is kind of funny. Uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, uh, Sergachev, Provorov. I just listen to how many times I say of. So Varlamov, the goaltender. Defense, Gavrikov, Provorov, Zadorov, Orlov, Nesterov, Romanov, and then Artem Zub. Artem Zub. And then you know, Sergachev. Uh, the Russian defense is alarming. AK, how the heck is Alex Romanov on there? How did that they happen? Don't- yeah, because like I remember the last Olympics, like not the last Olympics, but like Andre Markov used to be like their guy in terms of anchoring it. And I miss him. Yeah, that's uh, this is the aftermath of it. Like it's it's weird to see, but it's promising in terms of the youth, I think, the, or young the guys. Left side is wicked. <laughs> like yeah. Orlov, Provorov, Sergeyev. But then you're like, oh, Art and Zub and Nikita's door. Oh, okay, all right, okay. That's weird. Uh, the forward group. 
as always, is pretty stacked. And what's really – oh, no, Tarasenko goes the extra guy. I didn't think I saw him for a second there. The first line is Malkin, Panarin, Kucherov. That's disgusting if Malkin is healthy. Uh, Radulov, <laughs> Anisimov, Kaprizov, <laughs> Svechnikov, Nemestikov. <laughs> um, Shipchov. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. Then the second line is Ovechkin, Radulov, Nisimov. Uh, third line, Nemestikov, Pavlovitz, Nevich, Kirill Kaprizov. The fourth line, Andrei Svechnikov, Vladislav, Kamenev, uh, Valery Nikushkin. And the extra guys are Vladimir Tarasenko. And remember Vadim Shipchov. I do remember him. He's like one of the first guys to be signed by Vegas. I remember. Yeah. It's a. It's an interesting roster, I guess. Like, they just... Their greatest strength is goaltending. That's that's what it is. Like, it's just... They're just not deep. They yeah. can they, they can give you trouble. Like, For they sure. can... We, like, we know they can score. They've got, like... Uh, I wonder, like... If they almost mirror Tampa Bay to me, in, like, the form of, like... Their left side of their defense is wicked good, and the right side is like okay, but the left side will carry it. It's yeah, just weird. Right. Like, not to mention, here's here's what you got to think about too, right? Is what's funny about I think Kaprizov would have been on this team is um, Kaprizov's a gold medalist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would have yes, been there. And you cannot tell me that the only thing that Ovechkin needs to do in this in this hockey world is he needs that gold medal, and he's not going to be over Sochi. I bet he's been boiling about that. This is the last, like, the last sort of dance for Ovechkin trying to get that medal, and I think he's going to be on a rampage for it, and I think it's going to be exciting to watch. It'll be it'll be interesting. I think you make a good point about they're, they're like Tampa Bay. Like, I think this team of the three teams we've looked at is the one designed most similarly, similarly like an NHL team, just mm-hmm. because as you go down the lineup, the depth begins to disappear. Yeah. Matt <laughs> Kuznetsov really hurt this team. Yeah, Kuznetsov kind of really boned the Russians. I did not know that Nemestikov was a center, by the way. Yeah, that that must be a recent development. That is, I don't believe he was drafted as a center. Was he? Yeah, I guess when you know when you're playing behind like point and uh, stamp coach, you never really get the chance, right? And then who's watching you in Vegas and all that, and then you know that kind of stuff. And but yeah, if you want to know about Finland and Sweden, Eric Carlson is on Team Sweden, by the way, and I'm happy about that. But um, yeah, spoiler for the rest of the article. (laughs) (laughs) Go read the rest of that. Okay, finally, we'll uh, we'll discuss Ottawa. Okay, so this is what's very kind of strange about this. So first off, on Twitter, uh, Sean Simpson of TSN 1200 uh, tweeted on the 3rd of September a few days ago, my source tells me frustration has set in with the Kachuk camp. Brady is trying to stay positive but doesn't understand why it's taking so long. I asked what he was offered, and um, it was turned they have not received a legitimate offer from the Sens. So then if you, like, I want to say it was actually the same day, Bruce Garriock, yeah, the same day, said, uh, I guess Dorian was doing media, said, Dorian says they've had productive discussions with Kachuk. Now, since then, on 31 Thoughts, the podcast that came out yesterday, Friedman said that he would be really surprised if Ottawa 
hadn't offered Kachuk the sort of Shabbat framework of a deal around eight times $8 million. I would be surprised by that as well. And it seems to be Friedman sort of speculated about they may want more than that, the Kachuks. And like sort of talking about that family knows the business, obviously, and all of that, you know, uh, their father, Keith Kachuk, may have heard of him, decent player for the Coyotes. Um, forget St. Louis, it's all about the Coyotes. Not for um, Atlanta? No, not from Atlanta, no. No one talks, <laughs> no one, no one talks about Atlanta, come on. So I will always remember him as a thrasher. And that's that's your prerogative. But anyway, <laughs> well, seriously, the, the Sens uh, have a pretty important player here that um, I think the big thing was if there were two guys, and what doesn't help is this gets announced or that all this is coming out is Batherson signs a big deal, which right. I think was a bit too much, to be honest with you. It might sort of ends up being just like the Colin White deal, which is like, ah, probably overpaid and paying at the wrong ends of your roster. But first off, like Kachuk, I would, I think giving him eight's a bit of a stretch, to be honest with you. So what uh, Mark Mathot tweeted, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's looking at looking for a three-year bridge at somewhere around seven, see where the team is going, et cetera. One of those situations, situations where he wants to see the team is willing to spend to win. Sean Simpson, same Sean Simpson, TSN retweeted saying, yes, been told that exactly. Okay. That's fair. If you're Ottawa, but have they, but uh, I think willingness to spend, I think you can argue the sense of started doing that lately. Have they? Like I, I, well, I don't know. Well, think about it like this. Yes, they refused to give Eric Carlson the deal. It was yeah. a phantom thing. They gave Shabbat the eight times eight. Again, they okay. paid White. They paid Drake Batherson. And if, if Friedman's right and they've given him eight times eight, that tells me they're pretty willing to spend. Like, you know, but you I have get to pay those two guys. It's not I, I, for me. It's you. You have to pay Shabbat and Kachuk because those are the guys you pay. Are you will? I guess what I would be thinking is, are you willing to spend around? And like, I only there's two contracts that have gone more than five years that in recent years, which is Batherson and Colin White. Like they took on the Nikita Zaitsev contract. Mm-hmm. The Matt Murray contract was four years. Yeah, I don't know. Just to me, it's like how much are you willing to spend? Like you want to be a, like, like, I don't know, just to me, I, I don't know if they've proved that enough. To defend the sense though, like they're big guys that are coming, like they're big draft picks. Like, sure. I always forget who's the young defenseman. They draft. Sanderson. Sanderson. And that, like, those are the guys that. I was going to say Lassie Thompson. Well, another guy, <laughs> like there, there are still yeah. important young players coming through. If, if you're the sense, you think, Maybe I got to be careful spending too much now because I know those young guys are coming. Like, you know, I think the term to maybe see a competitive window in a few years is much more important. Because if you're the Sens, if you think about it, in three years, you can see Tampa Bay maybe start to fall off. The Bruins the same way. Yep. You would expect the Leafs are still going to be up there. Who knows with Montreal? <laughs> like, you never know with them. Right. Um, Detroit will be on the up and up. Like, I wonder if, if if there's also that sort of thing of you wonder what is the landscape of the Atlantic division going to be in a few years? 
right? And I, 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 in that like respect, I would understand him wanting the wanting the bridge. I just like at some point though, I wonder, like, what, what do you actually come to here? Because we saw this thing of Kaprizov probably wanted to walk to free agency. They Minnesota won eight years. Now it looks like it's going to be around five. We're waiting for that to actually happen. Like, if you're the Sens, like you can't do a three year deal. Would that walk him straight to UFA? That is a good question. I think he just feels like a qualifying offer and tries to get the hell out of there. That's what I I kind of feel. Yeah, like what I kind of feel is that this is kind of like a Mark Stone situation. Because remember, for so long, they were saying that he was going to be their next captain if he resigns, if he gets that extension. And then when they he he never signed that long-term deal with them. He just kept taking the smaller deals. Eventually, like when they traded him, you know, it, it's it might still turn out to be okay. But like looking back on it now, like Eric Branchum really hasn't made the same strides we thought he was going to make. Mm-hmm. And right now it's just maybe there's kind of feeling that where it's they don't want to go back into another situation like that with a winger that they view as a foundational piece mm-hmm. just about the about the spending yeah it's to me they didn't do much in free agency like uh, they brought in delzado for 2 years nick holden that's about it. Like they, it just they could have done more. Like they're still under the they're still under the floor. Really? Yeah, by like three million dollars, I think. Well, they, they probably think Kachuk's on the plane. Well, yes, of course, Kachuk's can get that over there. But we've also yeah. been told that the team, like publicly, Eugene Melnick has said the team is willing to spend. Or we're getting to that point. We're a year or two away from that. Yeah. And it's like, well, what are we doing? You just traded Evgeny Dadanov. Yeah, I have that didn't and fit though. That was that, that didn't was fit though, point. but you, yeah. yeah, that's fine. If it, it didn't fit, it didn't fit. But what are you going to do to improve the team other than just the young guys? Yeah. Would be my that's my that would be my yeah, fair enough. Process. Fair enough. Um by, by the way, should we ever really talk about why the heck Vegas took him on? Weird um, thing there. That's not a center. That's not a center. No, no. No, it's not. <laughs> it's not a center. No, it's not. Anyway. Did uh, they lose a winger? I, I don't remember. They can't, they can't keep uh, – they, they, they just love the wingers. They can't keep uh, – you know, like when you're playing EA and you're playing for the game and you just keep signing any guy like that just – it's like, oh, that's a good deal. I'll tell you, I've been trying to rebuild Nashville for a couple of years, and I just signed a bunch of extra wingers. And right now I have this situation where, like, Tomasino's a 79, right? But, yeah. like, he's almost plateaued there. And I feel like to get him the girl, I have to play him in the NHL. But I have, like, Toffoli and 82 overall just sitting there. And by <laughs> the way, this is the last year. Like, I swear, I've gotten all these good – anyway, it's, it's frustrating, Nashville. But, yeah, no, they, yeah, you've just got, like, this access of wingers. You're like, what am I doing? But – um, Ottawa, get get it done and put your fans out this misery. Uh, Patterson's still there. Hughes is still there. Are we going to do this every week, though? <laughs> Vancouver watch. Honestly, yeah, it, would honestly. Be, it would be the best thing. If you're in Montreal, why don't you just go after Patterson and be like, what's Jim Benning going to do about it? Do they have the cap to do it? That's what I was thinking when I saw it. Because you have to be, you can be 10% over, right? Yeah, well, and plus the Weber LTIR, right? They would have been able to do it. It's just 
Oh, yeah, it's true. You could have really, like Vancouver, not to mention because of their financial situation, they couldn't really bite you in the future. No. And at this point, if you're no. Burger Band, like, just no. go for it, man. Like, at, at some point, you just go for it. And it's but, like, if, if you want to get a difference-making center now, you have to trade Caulfield or Suzuki. You're not trading Suzuki because then that makes you weaker at center automatically. And, you know, you don't want to trade Caulfield because he scores and no one on the team can, except, like, Toffoli. So, you know, like, I, you know, I just think, I wonder now if, if um, like, someone do it. Like, someone just, he's right there. And I, you know, I don't exactly think that the relations between Vancouver and Pedersen right now is amazing. We know Hughes too, but obviously we, we, as we know, and for those of you who may not be aware, he can't be officiated because some BS rules in the CBA, it doesn't happen. But yeah. Do you do know it. Who, should, who should do it? Um, Ottawa. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good shout. I was going to say Seattle, just because I've been oh, on this. Weird. I've been on this for way too long, but I want them to do it. It would be the biggest like start to that rivalry ever. It would be. It'd be the best thing they could do. And then like the next summer, like they figure out it's just like Hughes gets a deal that walks him right, or he's like he just does his qualifying offer or something, and then he gets officiated by the Devils next year. I'm telling you, <laughs> chaos. That's what this league needs a little bit of is maximum more chaos. offer sheets. Yeah, just no more Montreal's way. My heart can't take it. I think <laughs> I truly believe this will destroy, not destroy, but this will put a whole thing with the old boys club situation where it's like, they're not just all friends at this point because everyone's offer sheeting each other. I wonder if like, I wonder if Waddell like and Bergevin just had a chalk talk and was like, we cool now? We cool. Apparently, apparently Bergevin was supposed to go on vacation. Yeah, I saw and the that. the offer <laughs> sheet just really it's like, oh man, well, then, I, I wonder, like, okay, so you're taking a vacation now. What have you been doing? Where is my puck moving defenseman in Jack Eichel before this, sir? Somewhere. Yeah, no, I'm probably going to New York. I'll see, you know what? I'm going to check what that poll I put up is. Is that now? Oh, yes. I, I did my best to uh, Thank you. get some support. So I put up for those of you who aren't aware, I put a poll on my Twitter saying, if you're Mark Bergevin, do you make an Eichel deal around Caulfield? 46 votes. 48% of the vote says yes. 52% says no. Not bad. There's also a, a, a username in here that is hashtag Toronto, Caulfield, Suzuki, Romanov in a first strike. <laughs> okay, thank who you. Who said that? Um, his username is hashtag Toronto. Hashtag Toronto. Does he have numbers at the end of his username, though? No, it's Maple Leafer. So that might be me. That might mean he's an actual person. His, his first tweet is liberal conservative. Other, this is pretty messed up, and it's about. Um, okay, you know, maybe I shouldn't keep going. Awesome. There's a lot of polls about uh, Justin Trudeau and stuff. Okay, awesome. yeah, we'll, we'll stay away um, from that. See, I never, I didn't understand this. I wouldn't trade this person for Jack Eichel. Like, just to me, like, there's a very limited group of people. I would not trade for Jack Eichel. I think it's a mix of like Habs fans are sensitive right now to first round picks they're working yeah. out. And like, here's the important thing people got to realize if he's healthy. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So yeah. I don't mean just Montreal. Like, this goes back to the Rangers, the same team who didn't want to trade Braden Schneider or uh, mm-hmm. Niels Lundqvist in a deal for Jack Eichel. Like, get out of here. I'd trade Lafreniere for him. And they'd be like, okay, bye. Like, what's the list? What, like, just 
off the top of my head, I, personally, I wouldn't trade McDavid. I wouldn't trade McKinnon. I wouldn't trade Matthews. I wouldn't trade uh, players. I mean, not goalies because yeah, yeah. goalies are weird. Like I would honestly wouldn't <laughs> trade Kucherov. For I don't know if that's controversial because of the age difference, but I wouldn't trade Kucherov for Jack Eichel. You know, Kucherov, I think it's, you know, MVP guy, 120 right. points not long ago. Um, would you trade Braden Point? I think I would. If Jack Eichel was healthy, yes. I wouldn't. His, the thing with Point that, that, like, will always, like, get him is his playoff performances have been, like, amazing. Same yeah. with Kucherov. Um, like, the list shouldn't probably be longer than, like, 15 you trade, people. You trade Kale McCarr? See, that's, yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. Now, now we're I trade Bowen Byron. Byron. Yeah, yeah. Now we're comparing yeah. forwards and defensemen. It gets me- miss messy there. But yeah, like, would you trade Marner for Eichel? A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like the only guy on the Leafs I wouldn't trade Jack Eichel for is Austin Matthews. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. I think that's everything. What do we need the episode, you think? You'll find a, you listening right now. You're like, you already have it because we'll figure it out by then. Mm-hmm. What's um, the, now, what was the one that Daniel said before? Something about temping. Attempting uh, at the tempe. Attempting, attempting the move, attempting the move, whatever. So you figure that out. Attempting, attempting the tempe move. Sure. Sure. Um, or should we make it like a pun? Yeah, I okay. know people already made like the the, the thirty one thoughts did caught Kane the Emmy, and I nearly died. Zing! Wow, <laughs> like, it's like eighty two now. Like how yeah. gross, disgusting. Odd, odd number. The created player. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we'll figure it out. Okay. Besides okay. that, um, podcast is done. Maybe we'll see you. Thursday or like maybe we'll wait till Sunday because it's quiet again. It's probably gonna be one a week and now because you know Hopefully the offer, more offer sheet. sheets. Yeah, the offer sheet kind of made us go back into two a week for a little bit there, but you know, um, we don't know when we're gonna see you next, but you know, school's starting, so maybe we'll be busy. Um, voice ed, great platform for the show as always. Love you. Check out Alex's blog, my YouTube channel. It's Dvorak trade videos up there. Uh Daniel Suffer CGRU, his interview about the comic book stuff. Who doesn't know the Fantastic Four except the movies because they're awful? Good characters, though. Good cartoons when we were kids. That's why. Um, Teletoon Saturday night, Saturday morning. It was great. Um, check out the TikTok. Check out the YouTube channel for a visual experience of the show. All our individual social medias, Facebook. Doesn't on the Facebook. And we will see you whenever we see you. If you miss us, well, we miss you as well. Goodbye.